This is Scott Pilgrim vs. The Minute 111. Welcome to the Scott Pilgrim vs. the Minute podcast, a show where we review and analyze the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World one minute at a time. I'm Brian Mission, and from podcastrevia.com, it's Dave Castile. Hello. And also from streamingnonsense.com, it's Sam Brown. Hello. Hello. So as we continue... <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> as we continue to roll through the credits, uh, this minute goes from the show and the musical performance supervisor, Chris Murphy, all the way to list of songs on the screen. So we get to see the soundtrack there. We're actually going to get into soundtrack next minute. This minute we're going to talk a little bit about if we had any gripes for the film and uh, some other topics as they come up. So I'll start with Sam because he brought it up last minute, so I'm going to put him on the spot here. Do you have any gripes about the film? Any Anything that was done in a way that you wish it wasn't? Things like that go you, you start the hate yeah so that that whatever i gave you right before we started was god i don't know if i can come up with anything i i <laughs> i feel like i could resp- well it's i i'm sure there are but the the amount of love and appreciation i have for this film like overrides my, whenever i think back over the film like man that was really cool that was a great scene that was a great character that was really funny mm-hmm. great fight like i don't i it's tough for me that okay here, here's the criticism I had that we talked about when we were in those minutes was the Katniyagi fight. Right. As again, I think that's the weakest part of the movie. And that's, that's the point where I could possibly fall asleep in this movie is during that fight. If at any point. Yeah. You know, it, to, to me, that the whole, on the the energy of the show of, <laughs> of the movie dips in that right before you go into the whole Gideon thing and it's possible the energy might not recover unless you like push through that two minutes or so yeah I mean would you say though it's just uh x's overload at that point you've just we've had so many x's and it's just like okay let's just get to it especially to having the penultimate battle uh with the Kadianagis and it being so weak for you is that have something to do with it well we talked about it in that minute where mm-hmm. the, these these characters never say anything. We don't get any development of them. Mm-hmm. You know, in all the other uh, all the other X fights, X as a X is right? yeah. yeah. Um, like you you get some, you know, they're 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 funny, they're cocky, they're arrogant, they're there's backstory. There's backstory, like there's history with Ramona. Like you don't get that with the twins. There's no explanation. There's there's nothing, and and then the, there's no there's also no melee. Like they don't get into it. They're just like avatars or proxies that do the fighting, mm-hmm. which is cool. The effects wise, I think it's is a pretty cool, cool effect. But I, I think it's the the weakest part of the movie, and I I, I feel like that's a time consideration. Yeah, maybe. Well, we had the uh, you know we had the introduction to them before, and you know talking about uh, oh you know, Ramona dated twins and the, the like drawings the on the easel time. was an, was the entertaining part of that. Like right. when they're just we, we, Steven still has like he's he's like the essentially the PowerPoint presentation right. of who the Katniyagi <laughs> twins are on an easel. But yeah, we get the introduction. We get the introduction to it with Neil saying at the same time we don't have a context of how she dated them. 
you know, did she date them literally at the same time? Did she date them mm. one at a time? Yeah. Uh, and what was the big deal? You know, how, cause we do get some sort of background with each of the other, uh, uh, exes that, you know, this is how the relationship started. This is how it ended and why it Don't ended. Don't really get anything with Gideon. Right? No, not really, but he's, he's a well, much we recent, the, there's a much better story there with him than we, the others. We got the overall it, truth is it was me who was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did get a little bit. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't the comic book presentation. It no. was it was like them, like pictures of their faces in a way. Yeah. We only, yeah. We only got the comic book for three. Ancient for ancient history. history. Uh, yeah. You know, like you go back to Basically, like high junior high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, with Patel and Lucas Lee and uh, Todd. Todd, we got we got the animated background. Uh, you know, where we had. Uh, Roxy, we had a little bit of an introduction to her earlier, which was the only character that kind of really did this other than maybe Gideon in a sense, where she introduced herself to Scott before we realized what she even was. Uh, Dave, did you have anything that was kind of a knock on the movie for you? What do you got? I I did, and it's going to sound really, really weird. Um, And it's makeup. (laughs) Mona and Bree's uh, Brie Larson, uh, I Envy's makeup was so thick when you got into some of the close-ups, it drove me a little nuts. Um, a little too caked on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Brie's especially, but she saw it with, with Ramona's as well. And it's just one of those, you know, um, you know, you could tell it wasn't quite a natural coloring. Uh, mm-hmm. and like I said, it's, it sounds a little weird, but it was the one thing that drives me. Anytime they do a real close-up on Ramona, it's like, a lot of makeup yeah yeah I can see. Um, uh, you know that's that's kind of my my biggest gripe and it wasn't done poorly yeah just a lot of it um yeah i only had uh, for me my, my great i love movies with with bands and i love watching the bands and i i love looking at the actors and saying did they learn their part so that they look like they're really doing this or is it just look like they're you know lip syncing or miming along to a soundtrack and or to a playback and the only one was with crash of demon head and i mentioned it during that minute was there is a guitar playing <laughs> but there is no guitarist on that stage on stage yeah. there is envy singing there is todd playing bass and then there's the drummer and there's no guitarist up on that stage at least that they show you and then even when you get backstage and you have the bands all looking at each other there's nobody representing who that guitarist would have been as even a character so it's almost like a little disconnect for me there uh, with that. Uh, but that kind of then rolls into my other topic I wanted to talk about, which is from me, and I don't know what you guys think of us, with the musical performances, because musical performance supervisor Chris Murphy is right here in the mm-hmm. credits. Um, I thought they were all really good. I, I thought Sex Bob-omb all looked like they were really playing those songs, not just going along to a playback. Uh, they... they look like they're performing them really well uh according to the trivia you know they all did learn their instruments and even uh michael sarah who is an accomplished bassist and actually a performing musician he has a band he does his own music but he had to figure out how to play poorly poorly yeah so that he could fit into this kind of trashy garage band style that uh sex Bobon played uh but you know kim was right on it you know she was hitting the cymbals when she was supposed to so the performances from sex Bobon was great throughout it also with um who was the first band that they played the one that the ones that disintegrated 
crashing the boys. Crashing the boys uh, looked really good. I mean, the guitarist, uh, you know, when when he was hitting those chords, was hitting them right in time. So, uh, you know, that's a big thing for me when I see a band, well, a movie with a band, is if they don't look like they're playing what I'm hearing, it it actually distracts me. If like there's only one guitarist on stage, but there's two, like uh, Dave knows this. The other day, I was watching uh, Roadhouse. And the Jeff Healy band is sitting there playing, and there's a background guitar and a lead guitar playing. But Jeff Healy's the only one on stage that has a guitar. It distracts me from it. It makes me know <laughs> that I'm watching somebody play along to a playback. Lose, lose your sense of immersion. It, yeah. it loses me just because I do play uh, and I do love live music. So that's some of my actually love for the movie. The little knock on it was that you were missing a guitarist in Crash of Demon Hood. What'd you guys <laughs> think of the live music performances? I thought it all looked great. Oh, it was, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, like it, it's it's tough to have, you know, live music in a movie, right? And I I I don't have much commentary on the performance side of it, but I thought, you know, you've got different bands, different performances, and it's kind of like the fights. Like they have different personalities to those performances. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll still argue that that uh, the Clash of Demonhead performance is one of the best, and the video is incredible. And I think yeah. we should do an episode <laughs> on that video by sure. itself. minute by minute. Yeah, yeah we could do well, that. no, just the whole ones. But it, <laughs> like that, that that's a great performance and a great version of that metric song. I think the the most polished because all the other songs are kind of trashy, garage band type of songs, yeah. but that Clash of Demonhead song is so polished and so. Oh, the introduction no. to Envy there, the because like we were talking about last minute, the the three introductions we get of her, or whatever, and you get that introduction with the, the way the music's playing, that the setting is dark, and and then the lyrics that go along mm-hmm. with what's going on in the movie, is a great setup there. And those digital background effects of like the the mm-hmm. waveforms and like that, it's so badass. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to talk about this? Because next minute is going to be our last minute, and we're going to talk about the music Aww. itself, the songs themselves. Any any other thoughts on the film here before we finish up? Any? I don't have any ideas. I'm just trying to prod you guys. Like any uh, plot issues? Anything that was that was started and not finished in in the the progression of the story? Yeah, I was thinking about that when we were thinking about doing, you know, things that we had gripes and, and dead ends or Yeah, other what than What happened with Jimmy, their boyfriend? Yeah, I was thinking that characters that we didn't get closure on. Um, mm-hmm. so to speak, and not that we necessarily needed closure. And they're all well, well this is uh fuck buddies, right? <laughs> other other Scott. Yeah, yeah, and other Scott guy. disappeared. But we didn't get really a you got to say goodbye to Knives, you know, in, in a way, because, you know, her character ends yeah. there. But you didn't get to say goodbye to Wallace. Right. Um, you know, you didn't get to say goodbye to uh, Stacy. Uh, you know, so there are a couple characters there that don't necessarily need a goodbye, but we like Wallace. We, Did we I mention would have liked one in, more Wallace in the background scene. In one of the previous episodes that at the end of the book, we discover that Stephen Stills comes out. No. As gay. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, it's like he just shows up with a boyfriend one day and uh Scott realizes, wait, what? That's random. I think and, and the, like I, I could obviously that doesn't necessarily need to be in the movie, but there are like at the 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 end of the books, those kind of wrap up some of those characters, not the you know, the 
mm-hmm. tangential characters, but the, the main character stories. Uh, and that was an interesting one that like I didn't see coming, you know? Yeah. And it, I think it even has a, like, didn't you see where this was coming from sort of thing? Like it, like if you were paying attention. Yeah. It's weird that I, yeah. Uh, the book certainly has had some sub storylines as we've learned throughout that, uh, didn't get, uh, handled, but, uh, so do you think you would it's like Brian, a double, do you think Dumbledore's you would buy the, so. <laughs> the rest of the book series and read them all? Absolutely. You, you, absolutely. you said you have two, right? I only have the first two. That's I, I got those. Um and yeah, absolutely. I, I, I plan to get them. Um and they're so certainly worth owning. Yeah, we could do a book club. <laughs> we'll, Dave's gonna have to get them and we'll read the books together. We'll just I read, them. read them. You've read them? I assumed he had. I didn't know. No, I can't read. You can't read. <laughs> Problem in your job, but work it out he's assistive listening technology <laughs> all right any other uh, any other thoughts then for this minute or anything we've talked about to date no nope. no all right well give us some stuff that you want us to talk about would you like sam to do audiobooks for you of uh <laughs> well, want me reading it for sure of of a comic uh, graphic novel, would you like Sam to do the audiobook? <laughs> you graphic can, uh, novel audio commentary by Sam Brown. Exactly, read along, <laughs> read along with Sam Brown. So <laughs> Dave, Dave uh, each frame. Dave, how can people uh, tell us how to start a Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us on the Twitter at Scott versus Minute. You can find us at Scott versus Minute dot com on the Facebook Scott versus Minute, and you can send an email to Scott versus Minute at gmail dot com. And 20 years from now, if you're listening to this episode, Kickstarter is this cool thing where you can, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, then it's, you know, fake money. All right. Kickstarter will still be around. I'm not sure podcasts will be around in 20 That's years. True. But, That's uh... true. <laughs> All right. And Sam and I do a podcast uh, and he's going to tell you about it. Brian and I review all sorts of uh, obscure movies on streaming services that you may or may not have heard of before including Caesar and Otto's Paranormal Halloween. Uh, our show is called... I'm always pausing. It's <laughs> not a good transition. Uh, uh, our show is called Streaming Nonsense. You can find all the information you would like about us and our show at streamingnonsense.com. Yeah, Caesar and Otto, a friend of the show, Dave Campfield, who recommended that we do this. And I know we yeah. failed him greatly by not having more guest hosts, but we had such a good time with the oh, three of us. We weren't sure we could uh, fit them all in. But that doesn't mean we can't have guests for special episodes, so certainly do that. Yeah. That, in the meantime, you can also go listen to Dave and I at podcastderby.com, where we uh, talk about beer and pop culture stuff that interests us. So check it out, podcastderby.com. So that's going to do it for this minute. We'll see you all in just a minute.